Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Glad you're with us, and just like that, your final hour is here on this Tuesday edition. Chad, we were doubted. They said it would never happen, but the final hour is here. It's, uh, you know, it's it's often that we get doubted about finishing the week, getting through Friday. Right. It's rare that we get doubted when people say, <laughs> you can't even finish Tuesday this week, and that's exactly what they said. And guess what? We're here to tell you we're two-thirds of the way down. We have one hour left. Charlie Arnault will join us in 20 minutes, the newest member of the OutKick team and network and the new show that she can give us more details on coming your way soon. Chad, uh, winners and losers, we're always quick to jump in and try to grade a trade. I, I think the, I think everyone won in this Aaron Rodgers trade. I think the Green Bay held firm on what they wanted. The Jets didn't give up a first-round pick this year. They still hold theirs. Uh, they swap first-round picks, but the Jets still end up with Aaron Rodgers. They have a first and a second-round pick remaining this year. They trade away a second this year and a second next year that turns into a first if Rodgers comes in and does what we all expect him to do. That's a huge win for that organization. And then we all collectively win because at least for this offseason, it's over. We've, we've weathered the storm the Rodgers drama storm, and it will pick back up a year from now. The Jets have signed up for this. They just hope that the the drama really begins in February on whether or not he wants to continue to play and where and for how much and who he wants to play with and if he's happy more than it starts in January at the end of the regular season, the first round of the playoffs. The Jets had to get this done. They did. Green Bay get something in return, and they don't have to give up anything if the guy who has been doing this for three or four years now every offseason trying to decide what he wants to do, they don't have to give up anything if he decides that he's done after 2023. It's also, when you look at Rodgers, is he really going to have a new lease on life with the Jets? Because I think part of this trade and what's going to happen with him is, is he going to be revived from a football perspective, because he's a guy who's clearly got tons of interest in all sorts of areas, but I don't think the football part of it was completely there. The last, let's say the last season in green Bay. And we know it's not always there in the off season. Not that he's getting out of shape or any of that, but will this give him a renewed spirit that can then produce three more seasons with the jets? If this is a three year proposition, and Aaron Rodgers goes and he's Aaron Rodgers for three years with the Jets, it's a huge win for the Jets. If it's a one-year thing and they don't win the Super Bowl, then it's not a win for the Jets, ultimately. But right now, today, I agree with you, and I think it's a win for both sides. Green Bay eliminates their headache of Aaron Rodgers, and the Jets get what they've wanted for so long, a franchise quarterback that can pair well with this roster they currently have. Chad, give us the rumor of the day that proves it's the week of the NFL draft. Rumor of the day, maybe rumor of the week. If it, it proves that Will Levis is not the number one overall pick or the number two overall pick, it'll definitely just be a rumor. But the fact that on Reddit, 
someone can create an account six days ago and post that Will Levis is currently plus 4,000 to be the first overall pick. Well, ladies and gentlemen, he's telling friends and family, Carolina will, in fact, take him on Thursday. You're welcome. Did the lack of a comma in that one spot bother anyone else but me in this Reddit post? Either way, the fact that this happens and suddenly the Vegas markets just go crazy with the odds changing for Will Levis to be number one overall, based on this rumor, tells me, Hutton, more than anything else, that we need this draft well, to get here quickly. Here are the updated odds for number one overall. Bryce Young remains the favorite at minus 700. But Levis has moved up to plus 400 for number one overall, followed by C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson. And then I don't even know why they put the other odds up there, uh, like Nolan Smith and B.J. Ojolari. Brian uh, Breesey uh, yeah. going to be the number one overall pick? That would be a shocker. Yeah. Uh, it's just... It, <laughs> I mean, you list everyone because there's a sucker for anything, right? To put a dollar on, they'll, they'll take your dollar. Um, it's going to be Bryce Young. Adam Schefter, Mortensen, others are adamant with this. They have not backed down from it either. And the debate and the drama is created because I think everyone is in on the, the number one overall pick being Bryce Young. So now it's, oh, what's Houston going to do? Well, the odds-on favorite for the number two overall pick in Vegas is... In fact, Will Levis, and we just t- spoke with John McClain, who says he doesn't see Houston trading back out of pick number two. But the odds for number two overall are Will Levis and, and Tyree Wilson, who John says that he's leaning towards having in his final mock draft. Wilson, the pass rusher at number two to Houston. But then that slots everyone in a different, in a, a just a, a different light for how all the mocks have have turned out and all of the drama and the talk where I don't think we see the, the quarterback crop of last year compared to this one. I think this one's better. But the hype is around the QBs. And if they fall longer than, what, top 10, we're going to see a lot of debate about who really knows anything anymore. It's just hype for a television show. I hope it's more than that. But ultimately, that's what... We're doing. We're, we're helping the league create a television show, a reality show, and you can't do that without some drama and sus- suspense and selling hope. But in Houston's case, Chad, the way to sell hope is to draft a quarterback. It feels like we also do a good job of continuing to prop up the league and their television product with all this hype and speculation Yeah. because we quickly forget about the hype and speculation once the pick is made. What I mean by that is, once it happens, we're shocked. And then you debate. And we're the, immediately thinking, man, well, we were surprised by that because everyone was thinking this. Yeah. So even when there's surprises, by the next week, all we're thinking and talking about is what that player is going to be like with that team. And no one cares at all about what the pre-draft hype was once it's over, right? So it's like we quickly, you know, we uh, it's uh, it's uh, Will Hunting putting equations <sighs> and algorithms on the on the chalkboard. And then it's all on the chalkboard, and then the draft happens. The moment it happens, we just take the eraser and erase everything that happened before and start putting new algorithms and equations on the chalkboard. That's all we care about. So the fact that we have such a short memory and we don't care about the draft hype anymore, we just care about post-draft, helps perpetuate this cycle of getting all into the NFL draft before it starts. So there are... There are storylines and opinions that are unpopular this time of year. Uh, you hear something like, ah, whatever. Like, Will Levis being number one overall. Uh, Kuiper said that in January, and 
we haven't stopped mentioning that Kuiper said that in January is a, a, a dumb opinion. Um, we do have some unpopular opinions that we actually believe in and buy in and that we think are pretty popular, something that we would actually look for on Thursday's draft. Chad, get us started uh, with unpopular opinion number one that you say is absolutely fact. So I'm going to go with a Bolitnikoff award winner as an unpopular opinion. It's not this year's Bolitnikoff award winner, who is Jalen Hyde. It's the previous year's, mm. Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison at Pitt, absolute star. Goes to USC, production is good. Uh, not quite as good as, as the year before. But I look at Jordan Addison and I see his production and I see that he's not bad at anything. Great route runner. He's got the speed. He's just a football player. You know who he's going to be? Stephon Diggs in the NFL. He is light years better than any other receiver in this draft. I don't think there's another receiver that's worthy of a first-round pick mm. besides Jordan Addison in this draft. And that is an unpopular opinion because most have Jackson Smith and Jigba as the number one receiver in this draft. I absolutely love Jordan Addison. He is six feet tall, just like Stephon Diggs, about the same height and weight. I think he is going to be a stud in the NFL. I like that. I I do like Quentin Johnston, though, as well. I like the traits there. Yeah. Um, Drafting traits. Speed. They're, they're, you over you overdraft a quarterback, and you overdraft at wide receiver because of the speed. Yeah. You like I, I just think Jordan Addison's just the complete package. Everything. Yeah, he's got enough of he's, everything. He's a Kansas City Chief. He's got enough of everything, and he strikes me as the type of guy that's going to go in and work for it and be elite in the league. Chad, I'm, I'm keeping this very simple. Um, the best player in this draft is the same dude that everyone was talking about in the SEC for the last two years, and he's the same guy that was number one on the board when Chicago held the number one overall pick. It's Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter is the best player. He's dominant. He's disruptive. He collapses the pocket. He's a grizzly bear. The issues that have cropped up, while they are acknowledged, they are issues. Guess what this league overlooks when you can ball? Issues. He is too good to pass on. And teams are going to be worse because they passed on the best player and allowed a team like Detroit Seattle, Philly. We can continue to list teams that are playoff contenders to draft a no-brainer that fell to them because other teams pass on the best player in the draft, Jalen Carter. I like it, Hutton. The only thing that gives me a little bit of concern is the getting out of shape uh, before the pro day and not finishing the drills. But I think he'll correct that. I I'm with you. I, I think the guy is an absolute monster. Uh, for someone's defense. So I, I like that one. And another unpopular opinion. Yeah. That's the key. Does it meet the the standard <laughs> of unpopular opinion? I, I believe my next one does. Um, I don't think one of these four quarterbacks are dropping to any level at all. In fact, okay. I'll go a step further and say there's going to be one who rises to a level that we're not expecting. All four of these top quarterbacks we've been discussing are going to go by pick number 11. So I think they're all gone. And I'll, I'll add another one in there. Should I? No, I'm not going to. Four will be gone by pick number 11. I think there's a chance Hooker goes also. In the 11? I, like think, one of the four. I think Bryce Young 
is gone, number one. Okay. I think C.J. Stroud is gone before pick number 10. I think the Raiders are going to draft Will Levis. Okay. Okay. I think that Anthony Richardson is going to either the Titans at 11 or a wild card like John McClain predicted, maybe with the Seattle Seahawks before that, or someone's trading up, or maybe, you know, the Falcons are going to be a player. Um, I think they're all gone by pick number 11. Um, you know what? I'll do it. Five quarterbacks gone by 11. I think wow. Hendon Hooker's going in that too. I think we're going to have five quarterbacks going 11. Screw what I said before. Not just four. All five Can you find a are six? gone. Uh, also, Stetson Bennett. I'm like, kidding. I think five are gone. I think Hooker's going to go to the Titans no, at this, 11. I don't want to ruin too much of my mock draft that's, okay. that's coming up. Yeah. But I think Hendon Hooker's um, gone at 11. I think the other will find homes in the top 10. The Anthony Richardson one is... And only two will be good. That's the other thing about the draft, right? I think only two of the quarterbacks will actually turn out to be good so you, pros. In this, you have Houston taking a quarterback as well at two. You would have either to, that or to someone get, trading up. Okay, okay. To two to get someone. Yeah, that's unpopular now. I know a month and a half ago, it wasn't unpopular. But now, I mean, it's, now it's like, oh, these uh, these Q scores, you know, these cognitive tests. Um, really dropped all these prospects. But what as, about as if, as if boards are literally being moved as these scores are leaked? Yeah, dropping quote unquote. Well, here's another possibility: Bryce Young one, Anthony Richardson four to the Colts. Yeah. Um, you've got Vegas taking Will Levis. Vegas Will Levis, C.J. Stroud eight, if he falls the Falcons. Okay. Let's say the Falcons yeah. take C.J. Stroud, and then Hendon Hooker eleven. To the Titans. Or these teams just pass on these guys. Or only one goes, and it's number one, Bryce Young. <laughs> what if the Panthers don't draft Bryce Young, they draft anyone else and shock everybody? Crazy. It's not going to shock that guy on Reddit that started the account six days ago. Chad, I agree with you on um, the, the wide receivers and the, the crop as a whole. There are a lot of the same guys in this class. And for that, you're more likely to wait than jump up and see a run on wide receiver like we have in years past. But I think the most productive wide receiver as a rookie is not even being talked about. I think it's Cedric Tillman from Tennessee. He's the second biggest receiver compared to Quentin Johnston. He's a combat catcher. He is going to be great wherever he goes for an offense. Just a solid NFL player. Alpha qualities, playmaking abilities, and he's going to end up playing for a good franchise, making plays in the postseason next January, possibly February. And here's why. Here's why I say he's the most productive of any of these guys. Cedric Tillman is going to be very consistent week in and week out for a team in an offense. Three, four, five catches a game that you can count on. And when the game's on the line, he doesn't turtle up and shy away from the football. He wants it. He may not always get it in the NFL, but I want that quality in a wide receiver that I'm going to think is a steal in the second round. Also, I think while you can go through this list and say, this guy's elite. These guys are going to take the top off of defense. I do think we'll see production from the wide receiver class as a whole. We always do. But I think we'll see flashes of that four, five, six games that are considered really, really great performances by some of these guys. 
I'm contending that Tillman's giving me the same consistency week in and week out. And for me, that's more valuable to an offense as a second, third, or fourth wide receiver option, especially in December and January. Tillman's the best value of the wide receiver crop because I've seen him do it week in and week out in college. And I like this also for one of the first reasons you mentioned. He's probably going to go to a good team. Yeah. Immediately. And it is amazing that Cedric good, Tillman good Tennessee teams are offense, good because they draft guys like him. He too. was the guy being discussed more than anyone preseason and did nothing like, to dispel that, but he got hurt. He got hurt. Yeah. But, you know, the debate, like a great example is Hyatt or Tillman. Hyatt's going to be good for four or five games. I'm taking the guy that's going to be good for a regular season, postseason every week. And I can factor him in and move him around. I love it. He is a guy that, when healthy, can do everything too. Like he runs every route. Yeah. He can go up and get it deep down the field. I like it. Uh, do it all time. He's going to be a great pick for someone in the second round. Yeah. And he doesn't have to come in and be a number one. Yep. And that's perfect. Hit us up with your unpopular opinions that uh, will that you find very popular. That you find popular in your own brain. Yeah. Can you come up with a six wide, uh, six quarterback for the top 10 for Chad to add in? No, top 11. Or Excuse seven. Me. I mean, why stop there? <laughs> is there a seventh guy out there that you just love? Chad uh, Chad is of the opinion that you just continue to draft quarterback until you find one. We had a guy on our old position. radio show, Hutton, if you remember, every, who had every the round. theory that if you don't have a quarterback, you take a quarterback in all seven rounds. <laughs> In every draft until you find the quarterback. Yeah, and you're that you just to... keep going, and then eventually one of those quarterbacks will be the guy. Then you can start building your team around that one player. Our next guest is going to be the quarterback of a new morning show across the Outkick Network. Charlie Arnott joins us next on Hot Mike. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're live from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hutton, you never know what's going to happen at 6th and Peabody. I know. I just walking to go get water during a break and just the things that you see with people that visit Nashville <laughs> never ceases to amaze me every uh, time. It's painful. that There's a girl that walked by as I went to the restroom. And she, well, first off, let me set this part okay. of it up. I walked back in after Hutton and I both go get water. Yes. Right next to each other. So walk right I walk in right after him, almost through the door as you opened it. And Hutton is laughing. Going, Did you see what I just saw outside? Didn't see a thing. It was like a horror But Hutton, movie. you saw what? Well, so the widest like yawn I've ever seen, but it wouldn't. her mouth wouldn't close. It was just like locked into place. She, she had yawned so wide. And I looked at her, and her friend looked at me and goes, she has locked jaw. She yawned way too wide. I'm like, okay. And I turned around and looked at you like, did you see this? We've all yawned to an extent where it like pops our ear it makes, or it hurts the it jaw makes my jaw hurt a little bit. And a little, but yeah. yawning to lock jaw is one that I've never <laughs> seen before. Watch out, man. But Hutton witnessed it right outside of this studio. Yes. Amazing. Uh, uh, our next guest anyway. uh, is the newest What a preamble uh, to our next guest, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to Outkick, Charlie. Charlie Arnault joins us. Uh, new morning host for a show that will be headed our way across the Outkick Network. 
And uh, Charlie joins us from ESPN, now joining OutKick. Great to have you. And uh, it was awesome last week to finally see the announcement and making everything official. How are you? I'm fantastic. And I just want to make it very known at this point, uh, per the previous conversation, that I have a bit of TMJ that I suffer from. So oh, you, so you I know feel about this. pain. It's, it's not fun. But you know what? I fortunately Man. don't have the situation where I you know, can't close my mouth from yawning too wide, oh. but it's, yeah, it was, yeah you know, is it, it, it plagues the best of us. Is it like a trick shoulder? Like I had a buddy who his shoulder would always go out of place playing sports and he'd have to go. It's like Mel Gibson and, and lethal weapon. He'd have to like knock it back into place. Is it the same thing with the jaw? Is that what happens? Yeah. You know, it's just a little bit like I'll, I'll get like a tiny click, um, yeah. but mine doesn't mm. get caught, but it hurts sometimes. But I actually, uh, I don't know. It's not plaguing me right now. It's it's actually things are feeling pretty good. So good, good omens. Yeah, good. yeah yes, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, come to six of Peabody. You could you could see all kinds of uh, things like this. We'll it, disclose all of our never elements the the ne- on the next visit you have. So we'll you know even it out. We'll tell you everything wrong with us okay. after that. Well, I'm yeah, going to be there perfect. next week. So yes. I can't wait. Yes, we'll, we'll, we'll take you on the tour of Lockjaw out here. Hey, <laughs> the, the, uh, the move to OutKick, um, look, w- we love it, and I know you're excited about it. Why did you decide the timing was right? Uh, the timing was right because I was presented with a very unique opportunity that I think you know, we all realize as broadcasters don't come along so often. Um, it's tough. It's a tough business. And there are only so many positions that uniquely fit what you're great at. And for me, this was just a home run. It's sports. It's opinion-based. It has a lot of creative freedom. And I have the ability to work with a company that already has a proven track record that they are paving the way for a new era in sports reporting. And uh, Clay Travis is a fantastic founder, uh, boss. I don't know. There's so many hats that he's wearing. And uh, after having a conversation with him and several others on the team, it just was made very apparent that this was an easy move for me. I've always been a super opinionated person and, you know, working at ESPN and, and other places even before that, you know, you're in a position where your opinions aren't so welcome, especially if they're opinions that don't necessarily fit along with the rhetoric that those places are preaching. So it's nice to come to a place where there's really no expectation of me per se, except to tell the truth as I see it. And that's great. And it's, you know, we'll get into some of your previous experience and work also in the different areas that, that people have seen you in before, but oftentimes when you're trained as a host or you're interviewing someone, Charlie, it feels like, your opinion isn't welcome, right? It's almost trained out of you to not offer an opinion. And in your new role with OutKick, you will be able to offer your own opinion on sports and pop culture and other things. How appealing was that to you to not just be a a show host or someone directing or running a show, but being someone that's an opinionist as well? Exactly. Uh, that's, That's exactly the point I was getting at is, you know, at ESPN, I was a host, I was a reporter, and there wasn't the need or the desire for me to share my opinions. I was solely there to report sports as they were happening. Even as my job as a moderator on First Take, you know, there you get a little bit more of a window to kind of throw your take into the mix. But 
really not so much. And, you know, that's, that's why the analysts are there. You're more just there in a moderating, uh, you know, position. It just, it, it just wasn't right. And, you know, the topics we're talking about aren't even topics that are covered. Um, a lot of times in traditional sports media, most times. Uh, so the topics that I have the strongest opinions on uh, are topics that aren't even broached in most places, except for OutKick. Uh, so it's it's really exciting to be able to take on some of these issues head on and uh, just be really bold about it. And a lot of people are really excited that I'm in this position because they have quietly already reached out and said, I'm so excited that you can be the voice that I am not able to have. Yeah, so I, I thank was, you for standing up for all of us women. Yeah, mm -hmm. Charlie Arnott joins us. I, I was going to say, is it safe to assume that you've heard from colleagues that uh, you've worked with that have said, like, lucky you? Yes, yes. I've heard from several people. And you know what? I'm so appreciative um, because it really just shows that there are so many people who feel the same way but are too uncomfortable to speak up. But it still feels promising. You know, it's not like, okay, we're fighting this fight alone. There are a lot of people who feel the same way. I would say the majority of people, but they just don't feel comfortable to speak up because there is that fear of being canceled or that fear of uh, being looked at in a way that is completely untrue. Uh, so no, I've been very appreciative for everyone who's reached out and um, I'm happy to be the voice that they do not currently have and hope that I just serve as maybe a little bit of inspiration for when they are feeling a little bit more comfortable to, to find their voice and, and, you know, join, join the brigade. Let's go. Yeah. Hop on. I, what can you tell us about the new show? So it's going to be launching at some point before football season, and it's more than likely going to be in the mornings. And um, it's just going to be a great way to start your day. You know, whatever issues in the world of sports and otherwise that are important and that should be addressed on that given day will be addressed. Uh, it's going to be lots of high energy. Uh, and there's so much creative freedom because the show hasn't even taken off yet. So hasn't even been built out yet. I don't even know who my co-host is at this point, but uh, I can promise you that it's going to be someone with equally high energy with equally as strong of opinions and um, someone who's going to bring a lot of value uh, to the platform, you know, to joining the team. Uh, so it's going to be exciting. It's there's really the sky's the limit. And I can only imagine the evolution of the show. It's going to be changing day to day. Well, we're excited to have you excited to have you at OutKick. And we'd be remiss if we had you on here and didn't ask your opinion uh, about some issues and topics. Yeah, I was surprised about two weeks ago to see Sage Steele and Samantha Ponder in my mentions, going at it with people over Riley Gaines getting attacked uh, in, in San Francisco over this issue of uh, transgender people competing in women's sports, Leah Thomas specifically. Um, we've seen some more women, not a ton, but more and more speak out against this. And I was surprised because the ESPN part of it, they felt like they could, they could speak out. What do you think when you see a, a lot of these stories out there, Charlie? You know, it's really sad. Uh, I grew up an athlete, so it's hard for me to fathom a world in which I was playing the sport that I trained so hard at every day for hours, dedicated my life to, uh, worked to get to the level I was at, and then had a biological man enter that space and just completely crap on everything that I'd done. Uh, and there's nothing I can do about it because if I speak up, I'm seen as being 
you know, closed-minded or hateful, but really it's just, you know, this is, you know, like even in the locker rooms, you know, not even on the, the floor that we're playing on, just to be in a locker room where there's a man undressing and dressing next to me. I just can't imagine feeling safe in that space. Um, especially at such a young age when you do have a, you know, your mind hasn't been polluted in such a way. It's just, it's baffling to me and I can't even fathom how I would have felt, but I can only imagine if there was someone who was going to speak up against things like this, like a Riley Gaines, I can only see myself in that position. I, I, I don't see myself staying quiet. So here I am now also unable to stay quiet. And it sounds so simple, uh, that it, uh, Chad and I discuss this a lot. Like it, we don't hear a lot of backlash to the idea that women should compete against women and men should compete against men, right? Like they, they make biologically it makes sense, and especially in, an, in where the era we've we've been in, Charlie, where Title IX was championed for a 50-year anniversary last year. Women's rights are at the forefront of so many different things, but yet you feel censored in a way you mean a, a lot of people feel censored in a way where they can't actually say that when it comes to the transgender issue. It's baffling. Well, it's, it is. It's bizarre because we have women who have fought so long and hard to earn women these rights and to give them a space that's theirs. And they feel like they're equal to their male counterparts on the other side. And now we're just this easily trying to take it away from them. It makes no sense to me. And especially when you look at women like Megan Rapino as an example, right? She was one, like you call it, you know, champion, championing the cause to earn equal pay for women, earn equal exposure. Remember how she was at the forefront of all that. Oh, yeah. And now yeah. at the forefront of advocating, advocating for men, biological men to have the right to play with women. It's, it's just, it doesn't make sense to me. And I wonder what is propelling her to go in this direction now? Because something something's happening beneath the surface there. So I I have I have no clue as you know, obviously. Well, and it feels like there's so many times, like Hutton said, you know, you don't hear a lot of arguments on the other side. It's just, hey, be quiet about that because it doesn't happen that often. So just shut right. up about it. And it's almost like people think, well, if I'm this or that, then I have to side with this or that. And you can't think for yourself, even though common sense would tell us you know, that's probably not fair or the right thing to do. And we brought it up earlier, Billie Jean King, you know, was the biggest champion for Title IX. And I, I'm not here to tell people what they speak out about. But, man, if Billie Jean King spoke out against this, it'd go a long way because she's been a champion Absolutely. for women's sports for generations now. Yeah. Yeah, but the problem is, is once you speak out on it, you're labeled as – yes. Minded. What you're you labeled got labeled as, as on Twitter today, I'm sure, that you're saying oh, tweets or when I, this was announced, guys, right? Since I announced, I was, before I'd even said a word, since I shared one opinion, before anything happened, all I said was, I am coming to OutKick, you know, obviously, which also means Fox. People associate Fox with a certain ideology, right? And it's it's like guys come on like you haven't heard a word of what i've i've said um and it's just it just shows the direction that we're headed in and like where our country's at at this point in time it's just a mess out there uh people can't think for themselves they just want to jump on the bandwagon and say whatever everyone else is saying and it's just it's tough to have a civilized 
discussion or debate with people about issues that truthfully, if people were willing to open their ears for one minute, might quickly realize that it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, for example, allowing men to compete with women. Yeah, no, amen to that. You're also a New Yorker. How excited are you that Aaron Rodgers uh, is now a New Yorker and a part of the New York Jets? Listen, I have some friends who are Jets fans. I'm unfortunately a Colts fan, which, you know, we're all in the same boat. Colts are terrible. The Jets have been terrible. But I am so proud that the Jets finally have done something right. Uh, And they got, they completely won the deal. Um, It was a little bit astonishing to see how little Green Bay wanted in return, but I guess they also knew that Aaron Rodgers wasn't going to stay there regardless of of what happened. So uh, easy to let him go. Um, But they have such a talented young roster. I mean, when you look at the pieces that Aaron Rodgers has surrounding him, it's, it's hard to not imagine them doing big things this season. You know, they have, Rookie of the Year and Sauce Gardner, um, Offensive Rookie of the Year and Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall. Uh, it's a really young, exciting team. And then you got this quarterback who's legendary. I mean, if he has a couple of good years left in that arm, they're going to do some big things. Uh, so it's it's fun. It's fun to see the Jets in a place where it is their season to lose. Finally, especially after last year. You know what? They won seven games and they had three different quarterbacks in the rotation and none of them seem to work out. So should definitely be an upgrade for sure. So you have covered both UFC and WWE. What do you think now that both of those brands are under the same umbrella and the possibilities of what could happen with both of those brands? Well, I saw the valuation of UFC. What happened to it when it acquired, when Endeavor acquired WWE, I mean, through the roof, right? Yep. So it's exciting. It's an exciting time. I think the uh, capabilities on both sides are going to get even larger. Um, I think the content they're both going to be able to produce is going to skyrocket. Um, you know, having worked for both companies, I can, I can say that they both have really incredible operations and production value and, you know, I, I think it's exciting. Uh, I wonder what type of crossover we might see or um, how they might merge together in their different events, if you will. Uh, maybe they do like a weekend where one night you see a WWE show in the one arena and then the next night it's a UFC fight. Um, there's just like endless possibilities. But I will say also still working for UFC. Obviously, Dana White is a huge proponent of Outkick. I don't know if you guys knew that. I, I think you might have, but um, he was one of the ones to give me the biggest congratulations. He was like, we're so happy to have you on our team. So happy and proud of what you're doing. Thank goodness. And he actually, it was funny that he drew attention to the uh, the picture you just threw up of me uh, reporting for UFC. And there's an American flag in the background. And he was laughing. He was like, you know, people had to look hard for that shot. <laughs> So it was funny, but uh, UFC is a fantastic company. It, it's it's so much fun. So yeah, I'm excited to see what's ahead for all of them. And obviously, since I'm in the mix, I'm excited to see what happens with me in the mix. No doubt. And uh, you mentioned the the different events. I could totally yeah. see Dana throwing a UFC event at like a WrestleMania weekend. Like oh, the, my stadium, gosh, of the stadium shows happening. I think. I think a lot of people look at it from the arenas. The stadium show for the UFC is now happening because of WWE. Yeah, absolutely. And um, also, uh, the Super Bowl is in Las Vegas next year, which yeah. we all know with UFC. So uh, 
wouldn't be surprised if there is a, you know, a nice little UFC event night before Super Bowl. I think, you know, you're going to see a lot of sports like kind of trying to share audiences and spaces and, and build off of each other, which I think is really cool. We're excited uh, to, to have you a part of the of the team, the crew, and uh, with the new show coming along. And, and what you said earlier about just having conversations, I, I told Clay and, and Chad, whenever I was listening back to the, uh, the, the podcast that Clay did with Stephen A, and you mentioned the, the, the feedback you, you received just by announcing you were headed to OutKick. I mean, Stephen A got feedback just by having Clay on the podcast. But just as a guest. Right. It was a conversation, not an argument, and that's what people aren't used to hearing and everyone's got to argue one side. They can't actually converse both sides. That was what was refreshing about that. And that's yeah. what's been refreshing for us with OutKick. So hopefully you'll find the same. Oh, absolutely. I, I already feel like, uh, like I said, knowing that there are people out there who are too scared to speak up, but hearing from all of them and them just reaching out and saying, thank you. I appreciate it. Keep going. Um, that's already enough motivation. Uh, for me to keep pressing forward and, you know, just makes me even happier to be here. So I'm, I'm really very, very thankful. Charlie, I'll not, she's joining OutKick um, and she'll be joining us here in Nashville next week. Looking forward to that, Charlie. Yeehaw. Let's go. We'll, yes. get, we'll get some yeehaw beer and uh, perfect tie-in. bring a cowboy hat. Yeah. <laughs> Done. All right. See you. There's uh, Charlie, Charlie. Arnold, the, the new OutKick host, starting by uh, the, the show starting by the time football season rolls around. She will be filling in for me next week, so uh, I know everyone's yeah. going to say we want her on this show and not Chad. Just save it because she's got her own show and know that I'll be back. So she'll be on a different show. I just want to put that out there right away because <laughs> I'm sure. You guys are actually swapping that. cities, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll be headed to her city. <laughs> I'll actually be covering a the UFC, Apple. UFC event. Yeah. No, <laughs> we're, we're swapping jobs. It's a job swap. She's going to host this show, and I'm going to go um, be ringside for WWE. It is uh, Tuesday, and that means the Kurt Schilling baseball show is now available at Outkick.com. Speaking of new talent on the Outkick roster, Kurt Schilling every Tuesday and Friday. New episodes of the Kurt Schilling baseball show, again, right now, available at Outkick.com. We will preview the upcoming sports evening and give our reaction to the results last night in the NBA. That's all straight ahead on Hotline. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Glad you're with us and what's been a fun show. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. Uh, Jets general manager Joe Douglas on what adding Aaron Rodgers could mean for Zach Wilson. Chad, you ready for this quote? Oh, I'm ready. I think this is going to be a great thing for Zach. Zach's ceiling is unlimited. The opportunity to shadow and be with a first ballot Hall of Fame QB will be a great opportunity and experience. Now, what is true is that Wilson, Wilson's favorite player as a child was Aaron Rodgers. So take that for what it's worth. As a child. And I mean, now he will uh, return the favor and become Aaron Rodgers' child. High school 
<laughs> player, I guess. He's going to say, you know, as a child, you were my favorite player. And Aaron Rodgers said, well, that's good because now you were my child. Yeah. I am dad, <laughs> and you will listen to me as if I am your father and take orders accordingly. So what happened with Jamie Foxx? He's awake. And He's they, awake they won't, after they won't say what it is. having a medical emergency. That threw Nick Cannon. Um, yeah, I mean, so Cannon told Entertainment Tonight, I was reluctant to go all the way there and even talk about it, but he gave me the blessing, so it's a beautiful thing. He's awake. They say he's alert. We love it. He's doing much better because I'm actually about to do something special for him, do him a favor. So, I, I don't know. I saw this headline. It was one of those deals where you're like, okay, is this through TMZ or not? Because normally TMZ gets all this stuff. You know? Well, it's... But there's virtually he was nothing in, that we he know He was about. in Atlanta... He lives in L.A., obviously. He was in Atlanta when it happened. But he was hospitalized like hospitalized, April 10th or and then, Well, his entire family came to see him. It was that serious. Yeah. But they didn't know if he was going to make it. And now, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Now, the, the, Nick Cannon did say he's going to soon. He'll say what it was or what happened. But um, good to hear that he's doing better. Whatever it, it is. It's a scary situation. Yeah, very serious. Um, yeah. And, yeah, at least he's able – Cannon, I'm saying, able to speak on it now. Um, Lakers take a 3-1 series lead after the overtime win. LeBron didn't really do all that much until he tied the game with the layup in regulation. Well, he scored 20 and had 20 rebounds. <laughs> well, he had 20-20, but I'm saying it was just uh, it wasn't like he was the dominant force that awoke in game three. Yeah. Uh, Austin Reeves continues to be the guy. Yeah, he's, he's that guy. He's that guy, as he said. Um, Dylan Brooks. He had 11 points in this game. Yeah. I mean, mm, that whole line is not aging well right now, down 3-1 three to three one in this series. And, I, and I, I said it when it happened. If they lose this series 4-1, that's not good for Dylan Brooks. And it, honestly, the Grizzlies should be better than this. They should have won last night. They're the higher seed. I mean, John Morant's season has been a roller coaster. Yep. With everything going on, but I just they should not be losing to this Lakers team like this. I don't feel like. And Dylan Brooks ran his mouth and he's getting that mouth shut right now. So hopefully they can r rally and win a well, game. They so again, uh, the twenty twenty for LeBron, he's the oldest player to do that, record a twenty twenty game in the postseason. But this is also on a, a a game where I mean, what what was the final stat line for Anthony Davis? Twelve points, four of thirteen shooting. So they don't they don't get anything from Davis. LeBron makes some big plays late, but again, like a twenty twenty for him, it's more about the rebounds than the scoring. And on that night, Memphis couldn't win that game. Yeah, and I I just think look, that was their chance last night. Yeah. They had it, Up and LeBron two. James hit a shot and uh, tied it and sent it to overtime, and they lost. But that, that was their opportunity to really make this a seven-game series again, and they lost that opportunity. But point being, when you make a statement like that, it's not just about LeBron's response. It was about LeBron's response it was that roster. in game four or in game three. It's, it's more about the team's response around LeBron James, who was their leader. And that he talked smack about their leader. And now everybody's stepping up. And suddenly what was a 1-1 series is now quickly 3-1 
with a chance of losing on your home court to to wrap this thing up. Three potential elimination games tonight, too, in the NBA. You've got uh, Hawks and Celtics, which is about to tip off shortly uh, back in Boston. That's a 3-1 series in favor of Boston. Um, Nuggets are hosting the Timberwolves. They lead that series 3-1. And late tonight, Clippers and Suns with Phoenix leading 3-1 in the series. Suns are the team no one's talking about. Yeah, that's the that's a series no one's talking about. After the Clippers won game one, uh, the Suns have quietly won three in a row and look like they're going to advance. But that's a, a star-studded uh, lineup with the Suns. Um, Chad, you're out tomorrow. Hope everything goes well with the family. Thank you. Um, we will we will hold it down while you're out and uh, I know send you our will. best wishes to I know everyone. you will, yeah. Um, and congratulations on the blowout win for the Lady Red Sox last night. Yeah, we got back on the winning path. That was uh, that was big. That was the goal going into last night. Lost a couple in a row, but, uh, but Le- the, the lady, the little Red Sox, really responded well. Leave us, if you will, on your pitch that we'll never see again. Uh, first happened for me last night in coach pitch softball. I threw behind one of my batters. Uh, it was going to hit her, and she moved in a little bit and let it go right behind her. It was the perfect girl to have this happen to because she is so, saying it's her name, sweetheart. So calm. Always smiling, nothing really phases her, and I, you know, just threw the next pitch right down the middle, and she crushed it. After that, and if it was a different girl, it may have affected her that I almost hit her with the pitch. Not saying you, she handled it perfectly well. So and hopefully that'll never happen for me after again. The bad pitch, he then took the mound again, wearing the hat that Deion well, Sanders the crazy wore thing, for the it spring was, game. It was a really good night pitching for me. It was just a terrible pitch. One time where I lost control and threw it behind her. Back at it tomorrow, 3 o'clock Eastern, our start time right here on the Outkick Network for Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow.